0: F-O-O-D-S dot com.
1: Just a reminder that Diet Starts Tomorrow is a podcast for entertainment purposes only. It is not a medical podcast and does not constitute medical advice. Always seek the advice of a physician or a health professional. Betches Media presents
2: Diet Starts Tomorrow. I stand behind my decision to avoid salad and other disgusting things.
1: With hosts Remy Casimir. I'll have what she's having.
2: And Emily Lubin.
1: Remember, choose like you have a secret. We're here to amuse
2: your boosh.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Diet Starts Tomorrow. I'm Remy. And I'm Emily. And today we have some catching up to do because I just completed the process of converting to Judaism.
2: Mazel tov.
1: And now I'm very proudly
2: 100% Jewish. Yeah, you've been doing this for a while. How long has the conversion process been... Been at it for a year, baby. Okay.
1: Um. Yeah, it's been going on since last October. Actually, around the time that we started hosting.
2: Interesting. Was
1: when I started taking classes. Yeah, I think and it was a
2: little bit before because you were already like kind of in the thick of it.
1: It might have been a, a tad before, but yeah. I, it took some research to mm-hmm. do to find a program that I felt good about. Just because, you know, there are different levels to Judaism, There are different sects in a way.
2: That's a very important thing. And we'll talk about why we're even talking about conversion. It is a mind-body experience. But before we get started, there are many different types of Jews. There are many different ways to practice Judaism. This is not a commentary on anything political right now. No, not at all. You want to hear... Some stuff about that. I have an episode called How Understanding on How Come with. Oh, lovely. Yep. A Jewish and Palestinian lesbian comedian couple.
1: Wow. Yeah. You really covered all your bases. All the
2: bases. Okay. Um, but this is not that. And I don't want to bring any trauma to your episode. But basically, there was something, there was a part of your conversion that had to do with body stuff that I really was super interested in and want to get into later in the episode. But we also have a dear DST from somebody who, right after you announced your conversion, uh, they said, hey, Emily, I hope it's okay to ask you this. Why are you converting to Judaism? Also, what has the process been like? Asking because I've been interested in converting too, but it seemed like a very difficult process.
1: I converted to modern Orthodox, which... Yeah, and that's most people's reaction. Yeah. It's when a little more that. intense. It's it's a little more intense than say reform. Yeah. I actually I know somebody who's converting to reform right now and I'm so jealous of it's her. It's a
2: two-week course. <laughs> yeah. It's like
1: six months. It's online. <laughs> it's well, so mine actually was online. Like oh, my really? classes were all online. Okay. Yes. But I think they set that up during COVID. My shul that I belong to now is kind of in my neighborhood. It's like adjacent to my neighborhood, but I think mm-hmm. they just started giving these classes online during the pandemic and then never stopped. I really appreciated that they were online because it, it was like every other Monday at 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't have wanted to go somewhere like I could have seen myself missing classes or, yeah, you know, not being able to make it every Monday or every other Monday. But yeah, so I was taking classes for a year, but finding the program Took a while. I knew that I was interested in doing it, but I didn't want to be in a situation because, since modern Orthodox is, you know, pretty conservative. Mm -hmm in my opinion some of the practices especially for women are they they can be a little retrograde for sure so i really wanted to find a program that was a little more inclusive i didn't want to see a rabbi who was going to tell me to wear floor length skirts and long sleeves and mm-hmm. turtlenecks every day you know I, I'm grown. I'm 33 years old. It's just just, not the
2: choice for you. Yeah. So what was the impetus initially? Is this something that you had thought about your entire life? I know that you have a Jewish dad, not a Jewish mother.
1: Yeah. And my entire life, I've been told that that's the wrong side and that I'm not Jewish because my mom's not Jewish, Mm -hmm. um, which is traditional and which is correct. But I did grow up. You know, Judaism is not just a religion; it's also a culture. Yeah, and I did grow up feeling very connected to that side of the family, the traditions, the culture, the food, uh, the food. Mm-hmm. Uh, this might be a hot take, but I think gefilte fish is delicious. You know,
2: I've never tried it. Really? Yeah, the name grosses me out so much that I don't even want to try the food. But I love anything fishy. Like well, I if love, you love white anything fish. You I would love like it. Uh,
1: white fish. Yeah. <gasps> white fish for those who have never tried it. Is just like tuna, but divine.
2: Better. It's yeah. tuna, but better. But gefilte sounds like you're like throwing up to me. It's like gefilte. Like I'm just like I don't want to eat that. <laughs> wow, that's too accurate. That's also what it looks like actually when Does you it? take it out of
1: the jar. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But no, uh, listen. A lot of people think it's disgusting. Mm-hmm. I think it's delicious. And I don't know if it's um this nostalgic thing that I have from eating it as a child. I don't know, but I've always really loved it. Mm-hmm. Um but I like, you know, I yeah, I like stuff like that. I like smoked fish, canned fish. Yeah. And I think if you like Same. that stuff, you would you would like it.
2: I, I have never been put off a of food by the name besides gefilte fish. Like I can't think of any other food that I'm like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna judge a book by its cover.
1: Yeah. The only but other thing name. I can think of is mince meat pie. Which I always forget what's in that. It's not meat. It's not meat? It's it's like, yeah, it's a British thing. It's like chopped up walnuts and dried fruit. But right. th- the sound of it is like, I don't want to eat that. Right. Mince, meat pie. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the good filter fish of um, the of, UK. The UK, yeah. But for this person, it is a difficult process, but it's not impossible. And I'm also, I'm speaking as somebody who, already had one Jewish parent, mm-hmm. so it's possible that it's a little bit easier for somebody like me. And your boyfriend. My boyfriend was, was raised modern orthodox, yeah. and yeah, he would come with me to the events. They had some Shabbat dinners at the shul, but the program, this is what I wanted to, to get to, the program that I did is actually quite different than many other conversion programs. Mm-hmm. You can actually, you can read about it if you go to jewishquestions.org. That's the name of the course. It's Jewish
2: Questions. And it's also my favorite thing about Judaism is that like, we're supposed to ask questions.
1: You're supposed to ask questions. Mm -hmm. And there's no
2: blind like, oh yeah, I just believe you. Everyone's like, do your own research, whatever.
1: And you know, I don't know this firsthand because nobody in my family is Catholic, Mm -hmm. but I did have a lot of friends who grew up Catholic and in their experience, you're not supposed to ask questions no, at all. not at all. It's like, all about faith. Trust Exactly. Us. Blind faith. Yeah. Like you shouldn't even be wondering these things. Yeah. And that is something really special about Judaism is like if you have a question, like why do we do this? Or, um, you know, why, why is this rule that way? Or why is this tradition that way? You're very much encouraged to ask those questions. Yeah. You're not seen as like a little shit disturber for doing that. For sure. And I do appreciate that because I'm quite inquisitive. Same. As are you. So I feel like, it's the right religion. I would be for like, us. um,
2: actually, Rabbi, I have a question. <laughs>
1: <laughs> My okay, this is another thing.
2: My rabbi, quite
1: attractive. Oh, that's not why I M- picked the male program. or female. Male, okay. You know, he's kind of young. He's not when you think of you know your stereotypical rabbi. That's not what he is. He's not, he doesn't have a a long beard. He's not, um, he's quite young. I mm-hmm. think he might be only like a year or two older than me. He plays the guitar. He would come in the yeah, Zoom sessions. Yeah, I love sessions. a guitar playing rabbi. Don't you? Yeah. I, it's so, yeah, he's just cool. And like, he would come in the Zoom sessions and be like, what up fam? Not mm, literally, but mm-hmm. like he he had like slang. <laughs> yeah. You know, he 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 knew what the young people were doing and he would make little references here and there. And I really liked his style, but also he has this whole attitude. Anybody who watched Sex in the City knows that this is the way because Charlotte converts to Judaism in yeah. Sex in the City. Most rabbis, it's like you need to knock on the door three times. Mm-hmm. You need to really Really try your best to um, to meet with them. It's, they
2: reject you a few times.
1: Yeah, and like that's kind of part of the process. This yeah. is the opposite of that. It's extremely inclusive. He really, no nagging, no nagging, no turning away. It was almost too easy. He's is, just like
2: you're interested. Me too.
1: Yeah, and while it is a modern orthodox
2: conversion
1: program, he kind of wants to make it more accessible. Mm -hmm. to people. And it's way more inclusive than I ever could have thought. Like there was a trans woman in my class, big LGBT community Mm -hmm. at my shul. And that's just not what I think of when I think of modern Orthodox Judaism. Yeah, same. So this past year, it like really opened my eyes to what converting could be like and how I could incorporate Judaism into my life and um, live by those principles without feeling bogged down by them. Mm -hmm. It's been a really cool experience. But to this person.
2: Who wrote in. Who
1: wrote in. I would say it is a difficult process. Like it's not easy. It did take a year. It did take some reading. It did take a lot of asking questions and um, attending different events, meeting different people. But it's not impossible. And I, I think if you're interested in doing it, it's a worthwhile thing to do and everybody has their reasons but yeah I mean I I grew up 50 percent and I was always told it was on the wrong side I always felt like that was a little bit dismissive of my experience and you were told this by other Jewish people yeah yeah uh, oh oh yeah. yeah not by non-Jews yeah it was always by Jews it was always like are You're you not Jewish well enough. my dad yeah well, my dad is and they would say well that's the wrong that side count. that yeah. doesn't count yeah I've said on the show, like, I go back and forth about having kids, but I don't want that for my kids. I don't want them to be confused about what they are. I want them to have some kind of spiritual guidance and a strong connection to their heritage and traditions that our families have followed for years and years and years. And I really wanted that. So
2: that's pretty much why I decided to convert. I, like, love the the culture of Judaism. It's beautiful. Some of it. <laughs> Some of it. I did this great class in eighth grade. Our entire grade had to do it. That was like world religions. And it was just like everything ran the gamut. Like you were talking Janes even like, have you heard of Jainism? Oh yeah, Jainism. Yeah. For a second, I was like, I think I'm a Jane. And I, uh, <laughs> I think I'm a John. <laughs> I think that that level of education should be available to everybody just because I think it's nice for everyone to see like what the options are and that there are so many different ones and that so many of them overlap like with the stories and the allegories and it sucks. Cause it feels like religion, religion makes people fight a lot. Well, well, ain't that the truth? (laughs) But also spirituality is really nice and customs are really nice and traditions are really nice and food is really nice. And like uh, occasions to share those with your family, with other people, whatever. Like I did something with Ben's family where they they're not Christian, but they celebrate Christmas. And so I made them Yama clauses like from the O.C., and they were like little Santa hat looking yarmulkes. Yes, I remember And this. we wear them every year. And it is my most successful TikTok. And people were calling Ray, his dad, an interfaith king.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anybody who hasn't seen the OC, it's like a, an iconic episode is they celebrate. Well, Chrismica. The Coens. Yeah. So Adam Brody's family, they celebrate Chrismica and they wear yarmulke clauses. Mm-hmm. And it's super cute. I mean, probably... That probably offended some people. But... Well, because he's half. Yes, he's half. And, and uh, non Jewish mom. Your way. Yeah. Yes, non Jewish mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Sandy Cohen, Jewish king. I used to fantasize about that man, like yeah, on the, the regular.
0: When it comes to the plant based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. FOODS.com.
1: Warmer weather is finally back. After so many cold months, it's nice to get outside and soak up the sun, but the springtime always brings those unwanted guests: pollen and seasonal allergies. April showers bring spring flowers and sniffly noses and stuffed-up sinuses. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I suffer from seasonal allergies. I just had them hit the other day. I couldn't breathe through my nose at all. And I popped a Claritin and it was like night and day. I'm a huge fan of Claritin. I use it on the regular and it always helps when we're making that transition from winter to spring, which is when my allergies flare up. Mainly, it's my sinuses that get so clogged and the Claritin just clears it right up. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your Nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy throat and nose, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live your life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to claritin Com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear. Use as directed. This episode is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick but can't always find the super high end stuff? I have a solution for you Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for this season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. That's N U U L Y dot com, newly with two U's with code DST20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. I was in that whole process for a year. And then when the year was up, I was like, all right, what's next? Because I never even talked to my rabbi about what would come next. Yeah. So I got on a Zoom call with him and he says, yeah, so if you want to go through with the conversion, first you got to do the baked in. I'm like, what's the baked? First of all, I didn't know what he was saying. I was like, the baked in, mm-hmm. like brownies. Um, <laughs> Wait, <laughs> no, what is it? It's it's called a baked in. B e i t d i n. Okay, and um, it's rabbinical courts. So you have to go and talk to. It's a panel of three rabbis, mm-hmm. and this sounded so scary to me. In my mind, I was going to be standing at a podium. Like I was going to be in family court or yeah, something. Yeah. With the rabbis up above me and I was going to have to answer a bunch of questions. I thought they were going to quiz me, not like that at all. Okay. It was very conversational. They basically just asked me to um tell my story and explain why I wanted to convert and I mean, these three guys just with the biggest smiles on their faces, just ready to welcome me in. And that took literally 90 seconds. Like, I thought it was going to be so
2: much more difficult.
1: That part of it.
2: Yeah. I thought you'd have like a buzzer. They'd be like, who's good? Cain or Abel?
1: No, literally. Like, (laughs) I was really scared. I came with, I had some flashcards about like things that I had learned Mm -hmm. that I thought, because he said they were not going to quiz me, but I didn't believe him. Mm -hmm. I was like, they're they're going to throw something at me. They're going to try to catch me off guard. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I was thinking. But no, it was not scary at all. That part was super easy. And then I went to the mikvah.
2: And this is the part where I was like, I need to talk to you about this on this podcast because you went to the mikvah. Explain what a mikvah is if people haven't seen that Sex in the City episode where Charlotte converts.
1: Which is a beautiful episode. It's basically... For lack of a better word, a spa, but like for, like a pool, yeah, but like for religious purposes. Mm-hmm. So you go in, and there are little rooms, like changing rooms, and um, you book an appointment to bathe in this holy water. Mm-hmm. And there's an attendant in there. So this was something that. I had to prepare myself for, you have to be completely naked, mm-hmm. no uh, nail polish, no makeup, no jewelry, nothing in your hair, no hair products. Yeah. I had to go outside without sunblock. I can't remember <laughs> the last time I did that. Yeah. Um, but it was worth it. Oh, and another thing, I had just a week or week and a half before, got gel nail polish on my fingers and my toes mm-hmm. the you night to before. Take it off. Yeah, I had to go to this nail salon and pay up the ass for them to remove my gel polish that I just put on a week ago. Mm. I was sitting there for an hour and a half, and and you know, and they kept asking me like, "Do you want us to put new polish on your disgusting feet?" (laughs) No, just leave my toes completely mangled and disgusting. Yeah, my toes are just not nice to look at. But I did it for the mikvah, and. Yeah, you, you just can't have any barrier between you and the water because it is holy water and you're not supposed to, it's just, it's more symbolic than anything else. You're not supposed to have any barrier between you and the experience. For sure. So I did that. Then what happens is when it's time for you to go in, there's an attendant there. They give you a robe, but then when you go in the actual pool, you take the robe off and... I didn't feel that exposed because the attendant was super respectful and she turned away. I think. Oh, I, that's I nice. think she turned away. Yeah. When I disrobed. Then you go in and then they say a prayer in pieces that you repeat mm-hmm. and your feet can't be touching the bottom, <laughs> which was another funny thing because it's like I'm trying to doggy paddle. Yeah. Because you, you have to, have to, to do be- like a little
2: core workout
1: exactly that's yeah. what it felt like because you have to be fully submerged and in not the water. touching anything exactly got so, it
2: back to the womb
1: yeah that's that's what it was so don't I'm, pick the walls I'm like doggy paddling and trying to keep my head above water because she's saying this prayer and by the way guys I don't speak Hebrew I am trying to learn some Hebrew but it's a whole other language mm-hmm. and it's a very tough. And I still need to brush up on my French skills from high school, you know? I'm trying yeah. not to let that slip away. So this is another language that I have
2: to learn. It's a whole other thing. Cram it into a 30-year-old brain. That It's hard. It's not a sponge anymore.
1: It's not. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, trying to learn Hebrew. But in my case, she just said the prayer. I repeated it back to her. And then you have to dunk your head a certain amount of times. Honestly, I can't remember how many. Mm-hmm. She guides you through it. And then you can stay in as long as you want. But I felt a little weird staying in there too long. So I ended up getting out. But it was really nice. I was scared it was going to be cold. Mm-hmm. It was like a jacuzzi without the jets.
2: And you were 100% naked, as we mm-hmm. said. So the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because you said you went with your mom. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Did that, that I was... end up being, a th- like, did she go with you?
1: Yeah. So this is this is a whole other thing. Um my mom decided to convert to Judaism at the same time yeah. that I did, and this added like this added a whole other layer because uh, she was gonna convert before I was born, but then. The rabbi told her that she would have to renounce Christmas and that was a whole thing. She wasn't ready for that yet. No, and listen, I get it. Christmas is amazing. Mm -hmm. And I also, I don't even see Christmas as very religious. I kind of see it as just like a national holiday. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's nothing very religious about it for most people and certainly not for
2: our family. The way though that you felt left out by people being like, you're not Jewish or whatever. I remember feeling left out of Christmas just yeah. because, like it wasn't a thing that we did because we're Jewish. And there was one time that somebody had left, like it was like trash. You know when people leave their trees outside for the yeah, trash? sure. Somebody had left like a little mini one and I was walking home and I was like five and I was with my babysitter and I just picked it up <laughs> and started dragging it home with me because I was like, oh, my parents must have just like, just like slipped their minds. To get a tree? Yeah, because I was like three or four or something like that. And I was like, everybody else has trees. Like, they must have just forgotten. Like, but if I build it, Christmas will come. (laughs) So (laughs) I just brought it home. And my mom was like, what are you doing with that? I was like, have you not heard that it's Christmas? Like, this guy brings people presents. He never brings them to our house. And I think it's because
1: we don't have a tree. We
2: didn't set this shit up. There's
1: no place to put the gifts. Exactly. Not under the tree. Yeah. Yeah. Well, some people do have Hanukkah bushes and I I get it. I get it because there's nothing more... Fantastical than having a tree in the middle of your house. There's mm. something about it that is
2: so fucking cool. But a bush, like the only bush in the Bible, is on fire.
1: Yeah, true. I and that. that's not something we want to reenact, especially yeah. not with kids. Yeah, I mean, I I get it. And I had a tree in my house growing up, and I think it's magical, and I think Christmas is magical, but I will never have a tree in my house moving forward.
2: And I'm perfectly okay with that. But you know what I'm not okay with being naked in front of my mom. Like when (laughs) you said that you guys were doing it together, I was like, "Wait, so you're going to be naked in front of your mom?" And you were like, "Totally okay with that idea." Listen,
1: I'm okay. I I am okay with it. I've gotten to a point where I'm pretty much okay
2: being naked in front of everybody.
1: But we are different in this way. (sighs) You are way more modest than I am.
2: Like, which is weird because I've been more naked on the Internet than you have.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair.
2: You know, but, like but my like, my I voted stickers go on my nipples, <laughs> which is kind
1: of a hot look,
2: but and no shirt.
1: What were we talking about that? That I was like, wait, you've never done that. Oh, when I was telling you, I shower with my friends sometimes.
2: Yes, I don't do that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but like to me, it's not. It's so not sexual. It's it's almost like um like I, I actually I saw a picture of my two friends showering together the uh, other day because my my friend went through a phase where she liked to take Polaroids. And at, at this the is most all insane to inappropriate me. of times. OK. So she took a picture of two of my best friends in the shower together. And to me, it was so cute. It was like a baby picture. Like I, I don't know. <laughs> I just, two of the, their two butts side by side. It was like
2: adorable yeah it can be cute I just I I feel simultaneously judged by everyone and ogled by them like if I'm in person with them and I feel the same way with my mom like I've been making my mom turn around in dressing rooms for years or like Mm. leave the room so the idea of just like nudie at a mikvah with my mother
1: no I mean I'm not gonna say it wasn't weird at all it was a tiny bit weird we weren't it, with your burning bush out? It's not. <laughs> I, oh, oh my God. Wait, I totally forgot about this. I trimmed down my bush the night before. Hilarious. Because, you know, I don't shave in the fall and winter. Yeah. And I don't know. I just had this moment where I was like, if I'm going to be in this room with two people, like I should like clean it up down there a little <laughs> That's bit. That's insane. Meanwhile, nobody was looking. Yeah. Like, it was the most vain, unnecessary thing. But yeah, I did do that we didn't have to be in the mikvah together. Like we didn't have to, she wanted to, this was a thing. That's insane. It's ridiculous. But I was trying to make her happy also because my mom feels like throughout this whole process, she's felt very uncomfortable. She's 66 years old, wait, 67 actually. Mm -hmm. And she had never even gotten this far in the process before. So like, like if I feel weird about it, imagine how weird she felt about it. So I kind of was her security blanket through this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And we were doing this program together and she wanted to go in the water together. So I just did it to make her did happy. Did you go in the water together? We did. We did. And she wanted to hold hands. I was like, mom, I'm not holding hands with you. that's where I draw the line. Yeah. Also, we weren't allowed to hold hands. She said at one point, she's like, do you want to hold hands? And before I had the opportunity to say no. The attendant was like,
2: absolutely not. (laughs) The the attendant was like, you're not supposed to be connected. You're not supposed to be touching the floor, let alone your mother.
1: Precisely. Yeah. So I got out of that. I felt, yeah, I mean, it, it was like a tiny bit weird, but. At that point, I was just happy to be done with it. You
2: would have to pay me a billion (laughs) dollars to get naked even and go in a pool with my mom.
1: Even if you knew she wasn't looking or like. She is.
2: Well, that's her brand of Judaism is looking at my body all the time.
1: (laughs) In the market for investment worthy bags, watches and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. My mom's always trying to get me to strip down naked. It's like a weird thing. She'll be like, do you want these jeans? And I'll be like, yeah, let me try them on. And she'll just stand there.
2: I mean, my mom (laughs) tries to see me naked, too. I don't let her. Is this relatable? Like, I need people to... No, I think they think that they're, like, not all moms, but, like, they're like, I made your body. It's fine. I've seen it before. And I'm like, you haven't seen it in years, and you won't. That's what they always say. They're, They're always like, I changed your diapers. Yeah. And it's like, okay, do you
1: recognize how that's a little bit different than yes. this? Like, it's, I look a little bit different. My body's changed a little bit. and I'll our probably relationship change her diaper different.
2: someday, but I don't want to see her naked today.
1: Right. Well, and also you'll be mentally
2: prepared for that at that point. Yeah.
1: Hopefully. Yeah,
2: but um, I saw my grandmother naked, but that was in like a caretaking capacity. Ex- yes. It's not like oh, we both just decided to be naked <laughs> together. Tonight. No,
1: you're you're right. That is very different. I don't know. I don't know, man. I just bit, <laughs> I, I bit the bullet. Yeah. And um, and I said, hey, you know, this would make her happy. It's a weird thing to make someone happy. But if it makes her feel more comfortable going through this whole thing, yeah. then fine. Yeah. So we did. And then when we got out of the water, the attendant was right there with our robes,
2: mm-hmm. you know, and then we robed up and it was done. Okay. So in some Orthodox, you do a mikvah like once a month after your period. This is one thing that I really don't like. About- right. Because it's supposed to be like cleansing your dirty self.
1: Yeah. So it's it's actually like, it's pretty much two weeks out of the month that yeah. not only not only do you have to go to the mikvah, and this is again for very observant Jews. Uh-huh. It's when a woman has her period. It's a way of purifying after the period. Mm-hmm. Is you go to the mikvah, you get a blessing. You know, it's symbolic, but it's like it's purifying. And I don't like that because I think it's implying that. Our bodies are impure when we're right. menstruating, and I just don't believe in that. So you have to do that. But then also, really, really observant people don't um, have sex. They, they don't even sleep in the same they bed. They don't even touch each other. Yeah. like they and, and I've seen this firsthand, actually, because when I was in college, I babysat the rabbi's children mm-hmm. at my college, Chabad. Yeah. I babysat his children, and... I saw, you know, they did have a separate room that their mom would sleep in when she had her period. And listen, no judgment if anybody wants to do that, but that's not something that I will be practicing.
2: But yeah, I- I've heard it can be quite romantic. Not that I would ever do this for me because I love to bang on my period. I
1: was just going to say. But, um, and the two weeks after like that's it's a lot.
2: But I've heard from couples that do practice this, that it like reignites the fire, because like the whole time you're just like looking at each other being like, oh, I want to touch you on oh, hold your hand or whatever, but we can't. And so then when you're finally able to do it, it's like, oh,
1: um, yeah, I mean, if it works that way for people, that's cool, I guess. Well, I have actually thought to myself, it would be kind of nice to kick it real old school and have a yurt in the backyard. Like that's something I could see myself enjoying. Like
2: instead of having your own room, you just go to my own
1: house. Yeah. Like I have my own hut in the backyard Mm -hmm. and I get to go there two weeks out of the month. Like sometimes that does sound appealing to me. I'm Mm -hmm. not going to lie.
2: Send your husband to the yurt.
1: Oh, yeah. Wait, I should flip a switch. Yeah. I should send Andy to the yurt. I'm having
2: cramps. Go to the yurt.
1: Right. (laughs) I get the bed. I get all the pillows and the blankets. You get to sleep on the cold, hard ground of the yurt. Yeah, but I won't be practicing that. Long okay. story short, like I won't be practicing that or going back to the mikvah. The mikvah is also it's it's expensive. If you did it every month, it would kind of add up to a lot.
2: Okay, and so will this affect your food intake? Are you going to become kosher or any of that stuff?
1: I am. I have no plans to keep kosher. I had an eating disorder, and, right? Um, and for me, like placing certain limitations on what I can and can't eat, it can get kind of dangerous. Slippery slope
2: into restrictive eating again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it is restrictive. It's restrictive for religious reasons, Yeah, which
2: is not bad. But for me, I, I don't think it would be such a great move. And then you had to choose a Hebrew name. Was that chosen for you or you chose it?
1: Oh, yeah. And that's another thing that I didn't know until like the week before that I had to choose a Hebrew name. I chose my grandmother's name who passed away when i was 16 Mm -hmm. her name was alma and it it, she didn't have another hebrew name traditionally you would probably pick their hebrew name if they were given another one yeah but alma in hebrew actually means a young unmarried woman which i also am so and um and we shared the same birthday I really Cute. loved my nana. Yeah, yeah. I, I loved my nana. It makes me feel closer to her. And um, it was just kind of my way of honoring her. Nice. Yeah. Mine's
2: Esther. Where did that come from? I don't know. I think maybe the story of Queen Esther.
1: Okay. See, that's cool. Um, Andy's name is, I forget what it is, but the translation is Judah the Lion. Nice. Which I think is pretty sick
2: also. I also, like, I love Esther because it's, like, Purim. And I, like... Love Halloween and dressing up, and also I can make the grogger noise with my mouth. Do it.
1: Uh, <laughs> Gosh, shivers up my spine. <laughs> All right, you can stop. No, you can stop. Esther is also like it's really relaxing. Esther's like a hardcore name. Like I love the sound of it. Like Esther. You yeah. Know what I mean, like it's kind of sexy. Thank you. Which suits you. Thank you. Um. Yeah, but. That's that's it. I'm a full time Jew now, and uh, I will be behaving as such.
2: Very excited for you! Congratulations! Thank you. I know it was a lot of work.
1: It was, but then by the end of it, after doing the in, I was just like, "Wow, that felt too easy." Did you ever ever, like have an experience like that where like the actual you build it up so
2: much, and then you were like,
1: "That was it." exactly it's kind of like getting a shot it's
2: kind of like having sex for the first time (laughs) actually it's not dissimilar to that at
1: all no it's not dissimilar to that at all and then you're like wait a second this whole like transformative thing that everybody talks about I actually feel
2: no different Mm -hmm.
1: yeah looking back on it I'm very proud of the work that it took to get to this
2: point yay I'm proud of you. Again, um, you guys, if you have any more questions, I guess you can send them to Emily directly. You can send them to DST at Betches.com to get them answered. That is it for today's episode.
1: Yeah, follow us at Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram. If you like this episode, please write us a review. And don't forget to check out our DST merch on shop.betches.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And please follow me at Lubination.
2: Follow me at Remy Casimir. And of course, we're always with you. Through thick and thin. Diet Starts Tomorrow is produced by Sean Kilby, Jorge morales Pico, and Aliza Zinn. Editing by Sean Kilby. Social media by Aliza Zinn. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander.
1: Be sure to follow Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to dst at betches.com or your voicemails to 212-287-5650. Betches.